thanks for joining us again for another episode from the uh, the South Coast, Jared. Up at Mollymook, an old hangout of ours for when we were younger. Tonight's episode, we'll go back to Halloween. Back to Haddonfield for 1988's Halloween 4. But before we get to that, Jared, what have you been watching recently? A fair bit, actually. Um, went back to a couple of Marvel movies. Checked out Black Panther for uh, obvious reasons. Also went back to Iron Man, so two of the better ones. I finally got around to checking out Chappie. Ah. Which I'd sort of left for a while, and it's kind of been on the radar, but... I heard it's not great. No, it's not. It's got some things that could have worked out all right, but it's kind of like a violent sort of short circuit in some ways. Like, Chappie, the character, I'm kind of laughing at him because of the way he's talking, and... But, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit uh, no, it wasn't great. No, nah, it wasn't, wasn't all that good. I jumped into a bit of Chev Chelios. Crank. <laughs> Peak Statham, would you I, say? Look, <laughs> I, I vaguely remember seeing that the first time. It was all right. It was a bit balls to the wall, but it was just a bit too much for me. It's absolute Too nonsense. over the top. It's absolute nonsense, nonsense, which results in a couple of decent scenes, but the entire movie is just... One sequence to the next, how can we sort of top it? And Yeah. There wasn't really a story. The story was very, very thin, so, yeah, it was okay. I checked out Spiral on Shudder. Okay, well, um, finally, fucking Shudder gives us something. came up with something. And how was it? I quite enjoyed it. Yeah? People have sort of compared it to Get Out, which is a fair comparison because it's more the kind of the social yeah. um, relationships and social sort of... Um, the dynamics of, of particular sort of circumstances, I guess. Uh, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good in the end. A couple of good acting performances, I think, kept it afloat. Well, is this an original of this? It's my, yeah, it's a, a, an original for them. I moved on from the horror stuff and got into a bit more kind of adventure and action-y sort of stuff. I got on to... I, I, I watched the, the two old Bill and Ted movies. Oh, yeah. In preparation to watch the... the Face the music. ...newer one, which I haven't done yet. But, yeah, it was good to get back to the older ones. Bit of a laugh. I mean, I watched a few sequences in the second movie where I thought, I remember this being really funny, but it's it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, it was good fun to go back to them. Yeah. One that I would recommend heavily if you've got sort of younger... Set. ...younger kids around... Camp Cretaceous, Jurassic Park, oh, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park. World yeah. Camp Cretaceous yeah. uh, on Netflix, which was only about eight, eight episodes, sort of 20 minutes long. Bloody good. Yeah. I thought it was really good. My kids really enjoyed it too, but I thought it was a, a nice little, um, I mean, the animation's fairly cheap. You can tell they made it made it on the cheap, but uh, the, the kind of relationships they cultivate between the characters are, are pretty, pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I watched The Rim of the World. <laughs> McGee, he's back. McGee, yeah, lucky. He I also of, dabbled in some McGee. Yeah, lucky he kind of uh, lifted up again with another babysitter movie because I think his stock might have dropped a little nah, bit. No, I thought it held world. quite nicely. No, no, it did not. <laughs> it did not. I think it plummeted off Look, The Rim of the, Rim the World. The Rim of the World was cheap as chips too. It was. You and look closely at it, it's pretty cheap. That hurt it a little bit, but it was the, the writing was subpar. 
It was, it was yeah. very down the line. It was a bit... The characters um, were... It peaked, it peaked from better films, too, if and, you look closely at it. Well, it that's it. It did. From a heap of different movies. And it didn't do any, it didn't do any of it nearly as well. It, it had Miss G behind the lens. It was so very flat. That's what it did well. No. What? No, no. I think G really... He needed, he needed a comeback after that one. <laughs> I checked out Enola Holmes. Yes. On Netflix. It's on my list. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. Hmm? I thought it was pretty good. It's got a kind of... I think you'll like the sort of whodunit type of element. It's not super deep on that front, but there's a little bit of adventure and, and whatnot. Yeah. I thought it was it's, it's pretty pretty solid. And I worked my way through Tremors 2 to 6. Oh. So, no, look, it was a lot of fun. Because I'm also sort of concurrently reading um, Seeking Perfection, which is sort of the unofficial an unofficial kind of telling of the, the story of it and... and has some interviews with cast and crew and whatnot. Bacon? I th- they talk briefly to Bacon in there. I was pleasantly surprised with how they mostly hold up. Like, two's pretty good fun. I remember two being significantly better than three and four, but I actually didn't think so this time. I thought two was all right. Hmm. But three um, probably went side by side with it, and I actually enjoyed four, the one that's a prequel. I enjoyed that a lot more. I mean, it's got a bit of a one-note gag to do with Bert's ancestor, but um, the, the opening sort of 40 minutes of that one, they craft some really solid connections between Bert and the... the uh, sorry, not Bert, his ancestor Hiram and the townspeople. So I reckon that one held up pretty well as well. And overall, they were pretty good fun. Really, five and six, five and six. It's five and six where it starts to fall off because that's where it was the, the cheap... You know, the cheapness came in and, and it was out of the hands of the original sort of creators... Because I think Wilson and Maddock hung around right up until part four and alternated sort of directing and producing and whatever. Put it this way, part six is supposedly set in the snow. The opening scene is in the snow, but it's shot in sand with a fucking a balance or, or a filter put over the top to make the sand look white. So it doesn't quite hold up <laughs> in, that, in that regard. Oh, I think I'll steer clear of five and six. And no, check it out, because you've got you to watch them. Do before I have to watch the whole You've got to watch them before you jump into Shrieker Island. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Shrieker Island. <laughs> it was on its way. How could I not forget that Shrieker Island was on the mm. way? What else you got? Anything? That's it. That's it. That's the group. All right. I did... I, I, I went to McGee. I saw Babysitter... The Babysitter Killer Queen. Look, I enjoyed it. For what it was, it's yeah. not as good as the first one. No, not no, not, not 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 even close, really. Um, but it still does a nice job of combining a little bit of humour with some horror and you know a bit of pop culture and stuff like that. I didn't realise that uh, Samara Weaving would return. Like, yeah, I didn't actually think of that. I had an inkling, and then I got an inkling when when things went down about halfway through. You get that feeling, well, you know. Well, they showed a they showed a bit in the trailer, and I thought, I reckon it's her, but it'll be a cameo, and really, it sort of was. Mm. She wasn't in it for long. Spoilers if you haven't checked that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) if you haven't checked it out, yeah, spoilers. But um, look, decent enough, decent enough sequel. I signed up to Tubi. Against your good moves. <laughs> no, no, I've been Sorry, championing it. I've been championing that. I went through Tubi and managed to find about forty movies I would have watched, and so I started off with. Is that um, an indictment on Tubi or yourself? Probably on me <laughs> because when you hear the first couple that I got to, I went to the mutilator, <laughs> a workman like eighty slasher. 
late eighties, probably about eighty five, eighty six, like the, the, the slasher. No, sorry, I think it might have been eighty three. But the slasher, the slasher genre was going out by then. Look, the um, gore effects and stuff like that are really good, but the reasoning behind why this person's doing it is just fucking lunacy. It's ludicrous. <laughs> like I was just watching it, going, I mean, this is how far we stooped. <laughs> stooped to this level. <laughs> yeah. So look, it was a it was a time waster. I then watched a little. Killer cockroach film called They Nest uh, with Dean Stockwell as the sheriff. It was actually alright, surprisingly, because it was a TV movie. I was thinking it was going to be an absolute pile of shit, mm. but it was passable in terms of it was decently made, special effects were okay. Uh, it's a little bit slow. You know, like you expect a movie like that to really just pile on the B movie thrills, yeah, just yeah. fucking dive into bugs everywhere. Yep. But it kind of spends all t- it actually does a decent job setting up some characters, but too long. By, so it's almost an hour before really the bugs start taking control. So I was a little bit disappointed in that. But other than that, you know, I was thinking Tubi's two for two. For <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> God. <laughs> two for two. I then watched... I've kept up with The Mist, the TV show. Watched the next four... Episodes four, five, six. Uh, look, you can kind of see why it didn't, it didn't take. They've put some interesting elements in. Mm. But it's just not... It's just not interesting enough, you know? Mm. The, the, the show has room to grow if you wanted to, but I just feel it's not growing in the right place. And that's that's kind of, I think, the reason why it's it, it went after a season. I watched Challenger, The Final Flight, the um, Netflix documentary about the Challenger space shuttle mm-hmm. uh, explosion. It was interesting to find out what actually went wrong, what the reason why it exploded, and the fact that potentially people knew about this and there were some, some bad calls made because the decision to launch was in a really, really cold night. But the night before they launched was really, really cold, and they were saying it's not a good idea to launch under these conditions. But they decided to do it anyway. So, yeah, it was interesting stuff. But uh, it's certainly not essential, I would say. I went and watched Robocop, the remake. Mm-hmm. Look, not bad. I still can't understand why they went the way they went, though, in yeah. trying to differentiate it. Yeah. That Murphy already knew who he was, and then they slowly kind of pushed it out of him using drugs. Yeah. So it was kind of counter to what the original it had was. done. It was silly. I, I found that to be po- probably the worst thing. Whereas the better idea would have been to take the original's notion of Murphy finding his memories again. Yeah. But just build on it, perhaps. Flesh out some some, some deeper characterizations, maybe. Because the film still had plenty of fucking flash and bang and you know shootouts and special effects and stuff. I don't see myself watching the remake again. <laughs> I well, think. until the next time. I mean, What's the other one? I'm kind of surprised <laughs> that I watched it this time. No, no. You I know. just kind of stumbled across Because you'll go back stand. to Robocop at some point and then you'll go, gee, what about two and three again? I better really just sort of reacquaint myself with those and then you'll think about the remake Look, and off you go. I it's will just a vicious not. cycle. I am making this determination right now. You heard it here first. I will not watch Robocop 3 ever again. Oh, I'm telling you, I, I won't. <laughs> Let's talk in a year and a half and see what you've you got to say. Robocop 3 is blacklisted. I have a small list and it's on there. The last thing for me was I actually watched Bumblebee. Mm. Came to Netflix 
And I, I remember when I saw it in the cinema, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. When it opened with Cybertron, I was going, oh, my God, what was I thinking? Because <laughs> the opening sequences are just awful. Yeah. They are awful. But as soon as it gets out of Cybertron and gets to Earth, and it actually builds a relationship, a really good relationship between Hayley Steinfeld and Bumblebee, uh, it's fantastic. And I think they also, I really like the way they handle the, the sort of romance element between mm. her and her, the bloke who lives across the road. Uh, I think they do a really, really good job. Uh, excellent film. Excellent film. But that is it for me. Right. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, here's the trailer for 1988's Halloween 4. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers from 1988. Directed by Dwight H. Little. Directed uh, one of Brandon Lee's early action pieces, Rapid Fire. Produced by Paul Freeman, who produced A Hobo's Christmas. I didn't look into it any further. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, let the, I'll let the title do the talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, the story is by Dani Lipsis, Larry Ratner, who, who wrote Genuine Risk, and Benjamin Ruffner, and Alan B. McElroy, who wrote the classic Ballistic X vs. Sever. Mm. I was looking at his resume thinking, shit. <laughs> um, he also wrote the screenplay. Yep. Uh, it stars Donald Pleasance as Dr. Sam Loomis, Danielle Harris as Jamie Lloyd, Ellie Cornell as Rachel Carruthers, Sasha Jensen as Brady, and Bo Starr as Sheriff Ben Meeker. The budget was $5 million. The box office was $17.7 million worldwide. Alan McElroy wrote the script in 11 days and beat a writer's strike by mere hours. Also, it was number one at the box office for two straight weeks, which is, I think, the... I don't think any... Well, the most recent Halloween must have done that, but I don't think most of the others kind of... Number one, first weekend. See you later. Hmm. All right. Halloween 4, Jared. Right. How do you feel? Well, I'm probably uh, one of the people that 
falls onto the sort of the more positive side of this one. I know it takes things from the first two movies and pretty much tries to rehash elements, but at times it does it fairly well. I can see where people don't sort of go along with this one in terms of it's where Michael started to mimic Jason a little bit, which is kind of, you know, Jason was created as a, as a copy of Michael, but then this is the one where it's, you start to sort of see him displaying this fucking strength where he's throwing people around and doing things like that that, that weren't necessarily part of, the, part of what he was doing earlier on. That said, it ticks enough boxes for me. There's sequences that I really like visually, a couple that are kind of exciting and get a few sort of few few scares when you need them. Not enough Loomis. Needed a fairly fair bit more Loomis to uh, keep it afloat in certain sections. There was a couple of points where it got a little bit slow, and I think you know just injecting a little bit of ranting and raving from Loomis might have kept me interested. Can always get you um, excited, but it's short and sharp, and I, I quite like it. So I think. I would go for a three. Three. I think. Fairly positive on the three. There's, there's, you know, certain times where I'd be pushing more towards a three and a half. But after today's viewing, I set, I set it on, set it on a three. Okay. Look, to me, it's a really solid entry in the franchise. There's a lot of talk about how it's really slow and boring. I didn't really get that. It does slow down in the, the second half is actually kind of where it should be ramping towards a really exciting finale. It kind of does go a little slower, and I try to understand that. But I think that the first 45 minutes is actually very well paced, uh, and the film has a number of really strong set pieces. Look, it's got its warts, but I think the atmosphere is there, and honestly, my personal opinion, it's actually a slight improvement over part two. And I give it three and a half. Yeah, I actually, uh, I can't remember what we ranked it when we actually went through the series. It was pretty high. I think I had it, I might have had it above part two. I mean, people talk about how this is a copy of part one, but part two retains all these elements. And I actually think part two is more of a copy just with ramping up. You know, part two is just a straight out taking exactly what John Carpenter did. Hmm. This one... Yeah, it does, and it takes sort of story elements. But it tries to go a little bit differently with putting the kid front and centre. It does take that from the original, that whole Jamie Lee and the kids angle there, but putting Jamie in that kid role and Ellie as kind of her protector in that kind of Laurie role, Mm. it was kind of nice to have that back. There's something about that that works. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm the same. It's not, it's not too far. Like I, I still enjoy Halloween too. Oh no! But I, I, yeah, there's there's points where I would say I preferred this one. I gave Halloween two, three, I believe, mm. and I just feel this is just a little bit better, better made. That's my personal opinion. As I said, this is a bit of a polarizing one. Yeah. Now some people hate it. Yeah, yeah. It. and it's kind of 50-50 split between people who hate it and people who love it. Mm. Uh, I'm falling the, in the love it category, I think. It's also one of the early ones that I saw. I hadn't seen the first couple at all, I think. I think the first one I saw was Halloween 4. To get into the likes immediately, the opening credits, I think, are really, really striking. Yeah, really cool. They do a really good job of setting the atmosphere and the fall, the 
feeling of fall and all those cool sort of shots of like pitchforks sticking out and weird looking Halloween decorations and you know it's in a farm setting and mm. you know and there's you know the background the it's all uh, overcast skies and everything I think well, it, it sets it really the tone that, it sets the tone that Halloween's not kind of what it used to be yeah. it's sort of a it is a bit of a haunted kind of yeah. holiday for this this place I kind of get like things that. off on a bit of a creepy note. Yeah. It kind of starts so. well there. I really like the line, and, and, and I've got a dislike to this particular character, but the guard at the mental hospital. <laughs> couple of dislikes. There's a bit of amusement there too. Yeah, yeah. But when, when they hear some screaming and the, the, the ambulance driver goes, Jesus, and the dude turns around and says, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. Yeah. I really like that kind of because again it sets that kind of creepy tone about where we are. Yeah, we're, and it's we're, in we're somewhere it's in line very, very with, dangerous. It's in line with Loomis. Yeah, know, talking about evil and all that sort of all evil. that sort of stuff. So it's yeah, it fits. There's a quick conversation that I kind of dug between the Doctor Hoffman character at the sanitarium and the Ambos that kind of insinuates Loomis is on the outer. Yeah. And I liked that. It was real short but sweet. It kind of sort of said, look, the guy's basically, he's just a ceremonial mm. player. He's, he doesn't need to be consulted about what happens with Michael Myers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, of course. But just putting him on the outer before we even see him yeah. for the first time. Yeah. I mean, because why would you treat a you know a man that killed 16 people as any you know as dangerous? Yeah. He's in a coma. <laughs> He's, he's fine. Don't yeah, worry about that. He's fine. Those conversations at the start were very heavy on the let's get all the exposition yeah. dumped out of the way. And that, that sort of comes back in my dislikes that in that section because it does kind of just dribble out all this exposition about the yeah. first couple of movies. But they peppered, they peppered a few lines in there to keep it kind of yeah. snappy at points. And then, you know, parts of that stuff... I still like the way that was stuff was shot and, you know, it's raining. It, apart from a cameo from <laughs> <laughs> a bloke that comes up later in our dislikes, but most of that sequence is played, played straight. Yeah. And it looks, it looks good. Yep. I, I'd really dig the souped-up Halloween theme with the, <laughs> the pumping sort of bass and everything in it. Yeah. I think that it kind of feels like... It's pushing everything forward. It's pushing yeah. us towards Hall- um, Haddonfield. There's points where it feels slightly overused, but you're right. They do kind of, at some points, it's got a bit more pep to it than yeah. other points. And and I think um, it works, especially when they say, you know, they do, she does a quick check on Michael and she just goes, move him. And then it goes, Ding, and it comes in really hard. And I yeah, like yeah. that. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Sets a real tone about, and, and the scene that we're heading to Haddonfield and everything's sort of ramping up now. Michael's about yeah. to come, compare come alive. And, compare and contrast. Friday the 13th disco theme. <laughs> Souped up Halloween. Well, look, look, the disco theme still, still, you know, packs the dance floor. Yeah, that's all right. So this one's not quite there. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't put this one on a Club 54 and, you know... No, no, you couldn't, you couldn't. It's, it's not quite there, but it's... I just like the way they've taken the old score and just pushed it up a little notch. Yeah. Not tried to reinvent it. Yeah. Which is what a lot of remakes and, 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 you know, sequels try and do. They kind of try and reinvent those things that are there. I really like the dream sequence in Jamie's room. Yeah. I think it works really well. 
it does work out pretty well. And they use the, the Halloween cues, you know. She sees, she looks out the window and she sees the ambulance, ambulance there mm. and then the lightning flashes as she's walking across in front of the mirror and he's just standing in the mirror. I think there's, there's a really top-class shot there where he sits up in the darkness and then the lightning flashes and he's looking at her, you know. So that stuff was great. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where Michael probably looks his best in that sequence. Because I think maybe you might have a few few negatives towards the way Michael was portrayed. Oh, not heavily, but, yeah, there might be one or two. <laughs> I just really liked all that stuff. And it kind of, once again, it kind of brings in the new characters, gives us a little bit of exposition about them not, you know, her being a foster foster child and that her mum's gone and all that stuff. Yeah. And then throws Michael into it. You know, and it's a dream sequence, so he kind of, you know, takes a little bit of a slight turn. You know, she op- he's coming up out of the bed and then she opens the door and he's in front of her. You know, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of time for Loomis in this. I mean, yeah, I, so did I. I. I shit on the bloke in the first one about being hammy. <laughs> Maybe because the first one was more straightforward. Hey, look, I think you were just wrong. Well, Quite simply. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't see there was a pair of tits there, so I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the first movie, I could work out there was a pair of tits, so what do I know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you really need to reevaluate. <laughs> exactly. But I thought he was good here. Um, yeah. And over the top was needed. Well, as, uh, it's kind of more of the same. He's a little bit more over the top in the later ones, I feel, mm. including this one. But he still works. The delivery of some of those lines, like when he walks into the bloody sheriff station and he goes, Six money! <laughs> that's what I've seen! Just fucking firing But that, that's, that's what you need. You know, he's the only one... I mean, that's his role. His role is to play a bit of urgency while everyone else is talking. Mass murderer? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, you don't know what you're talking about. He that's hasn't been around here in five years. <laughs> that role is... Again... It's something that didn't kind of ups the ante. He they, sort of brings a sense of urgency to things. Yeah, they revive. They, they just did exactly the same as they did. He played the same role as he did in the first couple of movies, where he's trying to convince. The, the difference in this one is the sheriff doesn't argue for long. And yeah, just yeah. says let's go, and doesn't fucking blame Loomis. As, yeah, as as, uh, some, as, he, as they did in some of the other ones. And he still gets to punch out a few of those, you know, classic sort of Loomis lines. Yeah, they're not a, not on par with the first movie, but he still has a couple of those lines that are uh, delivered with the gravitas you would expect from a from a you know a, a veteran who's um, had a couple of drinks before the camera roll. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the making of, it was more than a couple. Of but you know, he yeah. still delivers. Yeah, which is good to see. I like the gas station sequence. Mm. Yeah, where they come face to face. Where it was played by Tom Morgan, pseudo Jason. Yeah, he for some reason got the sack. They didn't really sort of get enough. We didn't get a lot of yeah, information. There wasn't an explanation. Sort of explain why he was flicked. He just got told that he wasn't moving in the way that they expected but maybe we could have given him a direction to move differently yeah but I don't know I didn't feel I didn't feel like there was uh, a huge no not the <coughs> and I also didn't see much difference between what he was doing in the brief sequences we see him in and what the later Michael was doing mm. I mean maybe it just comes down to preference who you, who you prefer to work with I don't know yeah it could have been something like that <coughs> who knows now Wade getting told to fuck off. <laughs> Genius. 
That's a discount, Mart. I mean, who would have thought that someone being told to fuck off would have would still be providing us entertainment? Laughs, yeah, it's all those years, years later. later. <laughs> but I laughed just as hard this time. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It's just something about it. I think he's, he's such a cocky prick. Too. He's real cocky, and then she goes, "Fuck off, Wade!" And then he kind of looky. He turns around, and then he kind of skulks <laughs> off like, like a little boy who's been scolded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Yeah, pure genius. It was good. It was good. Nice little touch of humour. Yeah, chucked in there. Yep. Sheriff Mika. Huge tick for Sheriff Mika. Yeah, you love a bit of Sheriff. I do. He's actually my favourite character in the film. Mm. And I would like to have seen more of him. Yeah, well, I think he was pretty good. I think there's probably not more of him because he doesn't throw up a wall to Loomis. Yeah. He actually takes him for his word. Yeah. So rather than sort of stopping, rather than getting the, the sort Being of... Being the kind of roadblock to Loomis. Yeah, um, he kind of goes along with it, <clears throat> um, which is probably why we like him a little bit more. But in terms of the story, the reason for him to be there other than a kind of sidekick to Loomis isn't really there. Yeah, and... So, um, I just liked him. He's tough, resourceful. Yeah. You know, I really like that line to um, Brady. And if I catch you groping my, groping my daughter again, I'll use that shotgun on you. <laughs> Understand? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fucking shit. <laughs> Dawdles off. I, lo- I just really like him. He's no nonsense. He's tough. He's the kind of sheriff you could see in a town like this. You know? He reminded me a little bit of Brackett in certain certain points. And I thought it was a good move, like to have a really strong, like uh, that guy's been around, I think, um, Bo Star. He's had had plenty of acting work over his career, and he's quite a solid performer in this. Yeah. So yeah, I really like Maker. I'd love to have seen more of him. Yep. In fact, part five fucks him over hugely. Well, it does a lot of people, doesn't it? Well, an entire franchise. Let's well, not fact. fucking. Let's <laughs> not talk too but, too much at length about that. No, we're but, trying to be positive here. Yeah, he does. He does sort of reappear in part five. I actually forgot about the sequence where he killed the dog. Hmm. I remember obviously the sequence. He goes into the house. I kind of like that. Yeah. He's stalking them. He follows into her house. He looks at the photographs. He sees himself. Yeah. A young version of Michael. And then when Loomis and Mika turn up. They find the dog. The dog's dead. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of, of unnerving, those, um, you know, very much a throwback to what he does in the first film. It's one of quite a few that's off camera. Yes. There's quite a few kills that are off camera in this one. Yeah. Hmm. It does cut down on that sort of visceral response, but it's similar to what the first one does. Putting Michael in the shadows, trying to hide him, going with more of that. Yeah. And I think for the most part, a lot of that works. Uh-huh. What about the barflies? <laughs> yeah, those guys. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people hate them. I can't help but laugh every time I see, <laughs> every time I see them. I don't hate them. It's, look, this in terms of the in terms of again the story, it doesn't really doesn't really add a lot. I, but I, I can't I help see but laugh. why they were in. Yeah, there's one particular bit that I don't, didn't feel was necessary. I mean, I laugh at it every time I see it. Yeah, <laughs> but. It wasn't probably wasn't really necessary. No, none of it um, was really necessary. I kind of get I the like idea of them being a vigilante posse because they don't have a police force. I feel like they should have just showed up when they put the word out. Yeah, those guys should have just showed up to find out what was happening. Yeah, armed to the teeth, just in time. That, oh, we we don't have the police force. Yeah, we didn't need 
the bar scene thinking, oh, I'm going to get an explanation. What is that, bro? You hear this fucking weird thing as they're running out the door, like, the police station telephone doesn't ring. No way, no how. Like, it's like a fucking ADR loop or something. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It seems like the same mob from Silver Bullet. I mean, yeah. It's a similar level of thought put into their fucking plan. Before it, look, they... it does actually look like the bar that... Um... Tom Atkins was drinking at him, maybe he had cops. <laughs> he might still be there. And you, you pointed out Silver Bullet. It actually very much resembles the one from Silver Bullet. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a special on the menu called the Chalice. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. double of everything. Yeah, there's, a, there's a cocktail. Yeah. There's a Chalice cocktail. Yeah. The next one for me was, I actually liked the sequence where they see all the Michaels surrounding the car. Yeah, so did I. Um, there's a few little question marks on how n- nobody notices him, you know, at the end. Well, how nobody notices him, uh, why we're still selling uh, masks that remind the town of a serial killer <laughs> that nobody wants to remember in the town. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of questions. There's a couple of questions on why, but... <laughs> but it is, um, I like it's it a, well. it's, a, it's an effective sequence. Yeah. Especially, I just love the fact that they, they, you know, they see the three of them. Yeah. And they point their guns at them, they bolt. And yep. then Michael is standing behind the car. Mm. I like yeah. that idea. It's good that we managed to get it without Loomis wearing a hat. After, yeah. You know, <laughs> As the making of told us. They decided to reshoot it without his hat. Um, but look, it's a cheap thrill, but I like it. Yeah. It, it, it works for the most part yeah. in what it's trying to do. I actually also really like the shot. Again, there's huge question marks on this. The shot with the deputy sheriff on the, on the radio in his car. Mm. Talking to Mika. Yep. And then the camera pans back and you can just in the moonlight see Michael's hand in the yeah, back seat. Yeah. Yep. I mean, fuck. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's a... You can't tell me that you don't see or hear this guy. Yeah, he appears to just be laying... You know, in the, the back open. seat. He's not exactly hiding in there. Yeah. So... Uh, but he has, you know, he has already had the presence of mind to wipe out all the electricity in town, so maybe he was banking on that. I <laughs> think would, he was. They wouldn't catch him, catch him in the darkness. Again, another sort of cheap cheap thrill, but these are the ones that kind of, they, they tick the boxes that, that uh, give you a little bit of that excitement a little bit of that scare that you're looking for now not, there's not in huge doses and another one that comes up that i hadn't noticed before probably because i hadn't watched it on blu-ray in a cleaned up version mm. but when he, she when rachel's in the living room talking to the cop in the yeah. rocking chair yep about yeah what's going on and everything as she finishes talking to him and starts to walk away, just in the background you see Michael's mask for a few seconds. Yeah. Just sort of appear like it does in the first one when he mm. comes at Laurie. Yep. Uh, and then it disappears again. I thought that was a really, really effective moment. Yeah, nice touch. And done a little bit differently to how it was done in the yeah. original. I mean, you didn't notice a nipple oh, in no, the first I didn't one. So how, we, how are you to be expected to this notice is just no the, surprise the small, hint of, a, the small yeah. hint of a mask? Until you saw it on a massive TV cleaned up and on I think it, I think it's all because to the pan and scan. Yeah, yeah. The DVDs are using pan and scan, so it loses certain elements. Um, but I really like it. Another very effective sequence. I didn't mind the stuff on the roof. Yeah, I liked that. It, it was a, a nice little bit of cat and mouse with him kind of stalking them in a different setting. Because you know, mm. he's not exactly sure on his feet either up there. Yeah. Well, he doesn't look sure on his feet walking up the stairs. So. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole the sequence from him emerging from the rocking chair, 
Yeah. And making the kill there right up through the rooftop chase is cool. I like that. Her death is excellent. excellent. Yeah. Um, Kelly's. Yeah. I just love the way they do it. I mean, you know Michael's in the chair Mm. when she first comes in. Yep. But the way she lights the candle and then you see the police officer and then he just gets up and he's got the shotgun and the way he uses it rather than shooting her, you know. He just rams it through her. I really liked that. You know, it was really effective. And it was a little bit of something different, the death. Yeah, and it, it sort of uh, pulled the movie back where it was slowing down a little bit and there was, you know, I was hoping for a bit more Loomis or something. It sort of pulled the excitement back up a little bit mm. over that stretch. So I was I was pretty happy with that. I didn't realise this again, how effectively gross that sequence with the guy getting his neck and face ripped. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, the Blu-ray transfer is really, really cleaned up. Yeah, cleaned up nicely, and, and I hadn't seen he that really quite to that He really just jams his fingers into his neck and then just tears it open. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was pretty full. And full I really liked that. It was a really effective sort of kill. Yeah. Showing kind of his strength and everything like that. Again, a little bit more Jason, as, what yeah. you, as you had pointed out. And the, the final for me was the ending. Yes. It's a ripper. It's a, it's a ripper. I mean, it's kind of telegraphed. It is. It is a little bit towards that end. And quite frankly, there's not really a reason for it to go that direction. No. So it's sort of... I know people were like, oh, they went for this killer ending and then they chickened out with the next one. But there was no way to go. Michael, but I was sort of like... Did, did you... Re- would it really have been better to have the little kid running around killing people? Like, I'm still not sure about that. No. And I felt like throughout this movie... That's not really what I wanted from Jamie either. Like, you developed a bit of a connection with Jamie, which is why the ending works, but I'm still kind of, like, here nor there on whether that was the right direction to go for the sequel. So I understand why they pulled back and said more Michael. Yeah, I totally agree. I didn't like what they did with Michael in 5, but... No, neither did At the end of the day, we'd already worked... Jamie in 5 either, really. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we'd already worked out that Michael was the star. And we didn't want to go away from him. Part three had proven that. Well, that's right. People say, oh, they didn't have the balls and whatever. But they did. They did have the balls in Halloween 3 and it didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, as a movie, it worked out. But for the franchise and the money-making, which is crucially important, you're not going to get a sequel if it doesn't make money. Mm. They went back to Michael for that reason. So it's a lot to expect that they would have then just abandoned that. It ends the film on a high, too. Yeah, I think it does too. It ends it with kind of like a kick. It ends it with a kick. It ends it with peak ham pleasance. Yeah, look, his history on it's a little bit too much. (laughs) But it's, I mean, I think it works in a sense that, you know, Loomis has been such an out there character. Yeah, yeah. That when he sees her, he kind of just fucking flips. He loses it, yeah. So, look, I kind of appreciated it. I did, I did. Uh, Do you have any other likes? Yeah, I don't think we really mentioned Jamie and Rachel. Yes. Uh, we mentioned it briefly, but I bringing the kids back was a was kind of a nice touch. You see all this stuff that he's doing to these other characters, and it's fucking you know it's full on. So you're kind of like really fearful that he's going to get a hold of her. Yeah. And you're not sure what what's going to come out of that. So I think that actually works, and the the relationship between her and Rachel is kind of kind of nice. Um, yeah. I don't think either of them deliver like a, a knockout sort of acting performance, but they've got a little bit of chemistry. Like you, you, you buy that she really is putting her, willing to put her life on the line for this little kid. Yeah, you know, she's her parents kind of mentioned that earlier. She needs all the love and care that she, you know, we can give her, 
and Rachel really can't, you know, comes to embody that through the movie. Yeah. So I actually, I like that a lot. And I can yeah. see why people still have a, a, a fondness for Danielle Harris. In the, she's in, yeah, very in the popular series, with yes. the Halloween fans. Yes. Totally agree. And I think their relationship works for the most part mm. throughout the film. Yep. What other likes? Got any other likes there that we missed? Aside from shit, Earl. <laughs> it's ten dollars. <laughs> I don't know why I find that Broken so funny. Out. But just the fact that, you know, a branch slightly moves. Like one bloke goes, he's over there, and then all we see is a shrub kind of wriggle, and these blokes unload a fucking dozen each. Oh, mate, it's like <laughs> fucking Predator. <laughs> they basically shoot down the forest. Oh, and then he kind of wanders over, and it's like, it's not like we've just killed someone. It's like, oh, well, we, we kind of fluffed that. We yeah. did, you know, there's not much of a... Just, yeah, I, I mean, was Ted Hollister a bastard? Could we, <laughs> could we sort of wrap him up in the whole... I think, look, we can assume that Ted... By the reaction, Ted Hollister was a bit of a prick. Yeah. They didn't realise they said, oh, look, shit, it was Ted Hollister. And I think, by the looks on the faces, I was I was kind of getting a look of, can we make this look like Michael did it? <laughs> His MO did not involve <laughs> shotguns. No, no. I think that, uh, that, yeah, I don't know why it's still... It just makes me laugh. Oh, it does make me laugh. You got anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Dislikes. As I said before at the start, the first 45 minutes, I would say, were uh, are very well-paced. Yeah. They do what's needed. They get get their... We get the exposition. Exposition out of the way to explain how the fuck either of these people are still alive with Loomis and Michael. and We get Michael into town. We create some suspense... And, and things around him stalking his his niece. We create all that. We put Loomis in touch with Mika. You know, we we, we put these two on the collision course again. And But then the film slows. When they get to the house, which really should be the a lifting point, the film lifting mm. at that stage. But it doesn't. It kind of actually goes backwards. It go, It slows. Yeah. In that period. And it never quite gets back up to where it was. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I think it does. It does kind of drop off a little bit and does run out of a little bit of steam. Even the ending, it comes to a head pretty quickly. I mean, you do get that sequence in the car and a little bit there, but then it comes to a head pretty quickly after that. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I can see why some people might have issues with it. Personally, I didn't find it boring all the way through. Far from no, it. No, no, no. Far from it. And, and that back end is not boring, so to speak. It just, it loses its pacing. Yeah. Which um, it had held quite well for the first 45. Yeah, yeah. As I was saying, when they're at the mental hospital. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's walking them up the corridor. Yeah. And an orderly is... Is shuffling another inmate through the the corridor in a fucking straitjacket. Yeah, he looks like bloody Brian May and a queen. <laughs> it's just such a jarring shot. Yeah, like you know, this is a mental health facility. Yeah, and as I said to you, it looks like something from uh, Halloween Horror Nights. One yeah, of the yeah. Bloody things that you walk through and have someone people... screams in your face. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just, it just, it, it took, it takes you out of that sequence. It does. I did find that quite amusing too when he walks past and you see Brian, mate, and then all of a sudden you just hear this. Yeah! 
in one of the other rooms. <laughs> so I'm like, yep, that would have got me jumping if I was walking through this little maze in, in uh, Horror Nights. Yeah, I would have just said, listen, roll him out. <laughs> just roll him out the front. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll take him. Yeah, just leave him here and we'll pick him up from there. And the other negative to that sequence is there's a lot of exposition yeah, about Michael's heaps. history. And, mm-hmm. and trying, and I understand what the filmmakers are trying to do. They kind of quickly tie us back to the first two films, yeah. wrap all that up, and we move on. And sort of make it work for someone that hasn't seen the first two films. Yeah. Which is sort of, you know, you could get away with that. And it does okay yeah. with that, but it's still pretty clumsy. It's pretty swift, yeah. a little bit clumsy. Another one of my dislikes was it's sort of tied to the sister angle. You know, there's, there's been discussion about whether that worked or not. And they had to run with it for, for quite a few sequels, really, mm. um, before it was sort of wiped out with, with um, 2018. But it's sort of, uh, it sort of puts it in a corner of where you can go. Yeah. So by not having Jamie Lee Curtis back, this was sort of almost as good as you could hope for with the niece and that sort of angle that it's still a family connection that he's yeah. going for because that's what they'd explained it to be. But it's still kind of, it, it limits its possibilities a little bit, I think. Yeah. And so you can see why John Carpenter wasn't interested in going much further because he told his stories and he felt there wasn't much to go. And you see, well, these guys are retreading things because it kind of has to. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Because once you, you know, if, if Laurie's not there, you've got to concoct another family member. Yeah. Because for some reason. You, you, you're saying that Michael's hunting them. Yeah. And so take Laurie out of the picture. Who's he hunting? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. So they had to give him a kind of a reason to be in Haddonfield. Mm. It's kind of successful somewhat, but you're right. It does. It, it limits the ability to take it much further. Yeah. And it kind of hamstring. It probably even hamstrung the next sequel. Yes. Even further. And they, you know, that was one hamstring, and yeah, they chose to fucking yeah. tear the other one all on yeah. their own. There's a French director involved. <laughs> He was a hamstring himself. Yeah. What is it about fucking mental health professionals in Haddonfield who want to, you know, transport serial or fucking spree killers <laughs> by by ambulance and or bus? I don't know. Without a shackle in sight. Yeah. He is not shackled to that bed at all. No, that's what, as we were saying. He should be shackled by the hands. He should be shackled by the feet. These fucking ball bags should be shackled to his... <laughs> yeah, if he moves one hand, it's just shackled to his nuts. So he, you know. Yeah, I mean, even if he's... Even, so he hasn't moved in bloody 10 years or whatever they say. Um, a little bit of precaution might still be I mean, required, just in case. I'll accept a fucking saw-like trap yeah. to put him in, you know, like one of those... <laughs> the bloody thing that separates your head, you know? Yeah. Put it in one of them. <laughs> I would be, if, if I was signing off on that, and I wouldn't because I'm an idiot, so I would never be a doctor. But, hey, if I'm in that position, my... No, no, I'm fucking signing off. I'm not even ready. <laughs> <laughs> yep. T's and C's. So <laughs> tick that off. Can you just put a squiggle on that? Your signature's on the, the transfer papers. <laughs> is <But> it is. <laughs> what? Um, I, but, no, if it was me... I'd be sitting there going, do I want to be known as the idiot that let Michael Myers out again? I really don't. So when I send him out, bloody wrapped up in friggin' um, handcuffs, I would have wrapped him in gaffer tape too, just and to be sure. let me tell you, there's a fucking loaded shotgun at his head every second yeah. of the ride. Yeah. If he even moves, he gets his fucking head blown off. Yeah, yeah. 
I think it's uh, it's kind of funny. It, you got to swallow a little. You bit. do. You got to. I mean, you wouldn't move a prisoner that dangerous. But can we have a? You know, could could we just get somebody to 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 try to craft something a little bit different about how he gets out? Other than Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, look, we, what we don't need is rape yeah, involved in exactly. escape. Exactly. Um, but even the the new Halloween, it kind of... They just, it, they, they just went over the top of it. Yeah. You know? The only good part about that was that they decided to have her sit there and say, I'm going to watch it because mm. I know what's going to happen. Like, you kind of... Yeah. Like, but he was shackled, though, angle. in that one. Oh, yeah, but not well enough, of course. No, but this one's even worse. I mean, I guess they're trying to say, well, he's in a coma. So he's mate, not I'm a... putting him in fucking Donald Pleasance's pod from Escape from New York. Mate, you that, can't get out of that motherfucker. That bloke is not getting out of it. <laughs> That's right. Seriously, he's like fucking Cosentino or something. He's <laughs> doing some sort of underwater bloody... He's doing some sort of underwater... He needs to do an underwater escape trick to get out there. Yeah. The other question is why, why are they fucking shipping him back and forth? He looked pretty comfortable in the basement at Ridgemont. Just fucking leave him there. I don't know. Uh, my, my way of doing it is he's accidentally turning off his loss support. <laughs> I yeah. bumped it. I didn't know. Uh, I'm it. I think they got a uh, they got a form that said, "A uh, doctor, a uh, doctor Adam signed this one off." <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, you've transferred him to fucking Smith's grave again. Oh shit! Uh, you know what it is? It's been a long running gag for ten years between, yeah. between Smith's grave and yeah. Anfield. Oh, that was actually a letter from my bank to. Um, that was actually a letter from my bank to fucking. And, um, to approve a, a, a funds transfer to a prince in Africa that I got an email from. Actually, I fucking signed the wrong form. <laughs> yeah, he said he said he can't get out here right now. But if I send him five grand, he'll be on the next plane. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll, I'll be rolling in. I won't be in Smith's grave uh, next month. I know where it was. It's a prank between. Football team. <laughs> you know, yeah. your, your mission is to bring Michael Myers <laughs> yeah, yeah, back into right. the sanitarium and bring him back to Haddonfield. Yeah, your pledge. <laughs> you're pledging to this fraternity. You need to get over to Ridgemont and sign a transport, transfer form to Michael Myers back to Smithscrope. That's how it works. Once again, I'm saying I'm heading over to the next town and yeah. I'll pledge their fraternity. <laughs> As I said, mate, if I'm the doctor, they come to pick him up. They get down there to check him. Ah, oh, shit. He's dead. Oh, he's <laughs> His life support, you know, the, the, the plug to the life support's been knocked out. The cleaner must have been. I thought when that they was were the vacuuming, they knocked it out. I thought that was the air conditioning. <laughs> I needed to charge my phone. <laughs> I needed a plug. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way it should. That's the way it should have gone down. Yeah. So you don't trans. You don't transport dangerous criminals in one fucking van. Yeah. With no protection, no shackling, no anything. Yeah. Like the movie's trying to say that he's okay. He's he's in a coma. There's no need for the precautionary measures that are. And Hoffman's cutting corners or whatever. That's yeah. the, the the gist you get. Yep. But it's still very hard to swallow. Yeah, but as I said, his whole the whole thing the first time around was that he fooled them for years to run this escape, and Loomis was the one that saw it. So now Loomis is saying, "What are you doing? Maybe just say oh, we probably could assign another guard to that yeah. fucking detail or yeah. something." Like, 
Figure something, yeah. yeah. Put him in the genital cuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like something like that. Put him in a squirrel cuff. Fucking D to get up out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think even Michael Myers got that one. <laughs> on to the, back onto the, the Michael sort of, Michael Jason thing yeah. again. I don't dislike the, the performance of Michael and I don't necessarily dislike it in the movie either, but there's a couple of parts where you, you look at it and you say, this approach takes away the boogeyman yeah. and makes it more superhuman fucking monster. Yes. Rather than that spooky kind of showing and up in does. the background and then disappearing. And, and as you said, that there's a couple of moments in here where they get a little bit of that Halloween one where he his car turns up or you see him in the background briefly and then he you don't see him. I think more of that would have been better and less of the the Jason esque thumb through forehead and fucking <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I still can't understand the thumb through forehead. Uh, I mean, we we could have just had him bash that guy's head until it turned into mush. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have to insert your thumb into his skull. <laughs> I mean, it's the last time I checked. The, the skull was a fucking hard piece of bone. I mean, it doesn't he puts just his, go through. He puts his thumb through that, like, fucking me testing fruit at the fucking... <laughs> at the supermarket and accidentally... Oh, shit. And he, just covering it up. He's testing a fucking, you know, a pear or something. And yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 it... Look, that's probably the least enjoyed... Like, that... To me, that was one of the least... I didn't really like that one because it just mm. seems and so strange. I always strange. used to. I always used to like that one, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I've turned on it a little bit. I just would have had him bash the guy's head in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would have worked just as well. Pull back on that a little bit and ramp up a little bit more on the well, microphone you know background and that sort of. You thing. could have left those that out entirely, and then just had there's been an accident. Mm. Well, they they did a lot of that. They yeah. did a lot of him finding. Of someone finding the body yeah. without showing the kill, which kept it in that pocket. realm of the first film. Yeah. So I, I think a little bit more towards that would have would have made it would have would have been in its in its favour a little bit. Yeah. Look, the kids at school. Oh. I mean, I think you're overstepping the line by saying Jamie's an orphan. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I mean, where did you get that from? You're settle, about ten. Settle down, kids. Stepping over a line. Yeah, yeah. My book, not good. Especially when one of the kids comes back later. I'm pretty sure it's the same kid. Yeah. Right? He goes, that clown costume's really cool. We want to come trick or treat with us. Fucking Don't fucking around me. saying, piss off. Yeah. Know, bloody taunting me a little while ago. Don't <laughs> speak to me, mate. Yeah. You've had your chance. You're yeah. Um, I, look, I felt, I actually felt that was kind of a little bit in bad taste. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I think it was a little bit too much. Again, especially clunky. coming from kids, like clunky, it would have been clumsy. easier to cop if it was teenagers, maybe. Yeah, it was a little bit clumsy. They could have done. They could have still got that same thing happening with without maybe making every kid in the fucking class seem like a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was only that three there, but it just seemed like this whole yeah, everyone was against us sort of thing. Um, you mentioned the thing about why are they selling Halloween masks of a person that was a serial killer. <laughs> I think that's strange. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. No. To to be selling a mask. I understand they're saying it's 10 years later, but he did kill 16 people and everyone knew what he was wearing. Yes. At the time. Right? Correct. So why would you be selling those masks? It makes no sense. And I mean, once Michael gets a hold of it, we learn that they're fucking... 
dime store bloody inferior copies anyway. Well, one of them's pink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so pink, yeah. pink blonde haired character. That is one. Of, that is that is one of the worst sequences in the film. Well, when he appears in that mask, you only see it for a split second, but it's long enough to to show that it was totally different. Yeah, because it's when he throws him out the window, and they actually yeah, have yeah. the front on shot, and they actually have it from the back. It's very and it's brief. still the same mask. So yeah. the director's saying in the making of, "Oh, look, I think people were just tired, knowing you bullshit. You managed, yeah. you did two setups, mate. So you must have known what you were dealing. I with. mean, there's tired. Yeah, I've been tired before, but I think if you rocked up in a pink Michael Myers mask with blonde hair, I think I'd say, ah. We're yeah. not using that, are we? That's not That's it. That's not the mask. <laughs> That's not the one. <laughs> yeah. And it happened, you know, they mentioned that it happened again with Donald Pleasant shooting the whole fucking scene in his hat and nobody noticing. I think Donald wasn't the only one that was drinking between yeah. takes. Yeah. So like he, someone gets I paid. I don't think it's tired. Someone gets paid to, 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 to make sure that shit's not done. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it, 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 it's, yeah, there's a little bit of, that's the cheapness of the production coming through. Mm. The guy that picks... Loomis up on the road. Yeah. The preacher guy. Uh, that whole sequence, including the, the the kids pulling up and saying, come on, old man, come on, old man, then driving off on him. <laughs> That's just padding for yeah, me. Well, like, Where are the morals in how build here? But just cut all that. The, the, and the, he turns up at the police station at night. The school district needs to be hauled in and fucking spoken about. Bloody, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fucking sure, school district sure requires a bloody... Um, a royal commission, and so does the <laughs> mental health facilities in this these areas. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. The priest... The priest seems just, like... He's kind of spouting this stuff about, you know, you can't kill you can't kill the devil, and it's kind of like, you know, you're chasing, you're chasing the devil. I think it's trying to sort of dive back into the whole thing about evil. It takes like, a moment where it feels like it's trying to get a little bit deeper into fucking... Loomis's psyche and why he feels the need to to do this. Yeah, but it's but then it's like <laughs> it's two minutes, so it doesn't really add much anyway. Yeah, and why we needed to do it with a bloke who's fucking sneezing on his hand and then offering it up for a handshake yeah. and then giving Loomis a large bottle of piss to to swill out of. By the way, Sam, wipe the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah wipe the bottle. Your mouth. As you pointed out, Donald probably said, "Cut! I yeah, messed yeah, that one yeah. up." Um, I need 50 takes. <laughs> <laughs> I require 50 takes for this scene and a bigger bottle. <laughs> I think so. All right, here's where we get into some interesting stuff. Brady, when he he, not, he gets told we're no longer going out tonight because Rachel's looking after <laughs> Yeah, we're going to Jamie. He gets a bit shitty. When, they, when they're coming around to doing um, trick-or-treating, he comes across, she comes across Brady in Kelly's place. Yep. He then runs out and says to her, look, look. She says, I thought you were... I thought you were different. different from us. I am different, he says. <laughs> then he proceeds to backtrack on that and basically say, I'm different, but I just got pissed off and wanted to fuck someone else. <laughs> it just seems like it's the most weak <laughs> excuse yeah. And it's so hypocritical. Yeah, I thought you were different. I am. But she took her pants off. <laughs> she showed me a boob. <laughs> what could I do? I was powerless. Yeah, I was powerless. To say, I, but I'm still a good look. <laughs> After this is over, 
I'm still a decent. I'm a different guy. I'm different from the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, let's not debate this. Brady, you are no different from Wade. <laughs> yeah, that's you right. You and Wade are cut from the same cloth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wade's free too, though. And he'll come to your place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wade's got a Wade's got a, Wade's got a different sort of tick and flick sort of situation with regards to what he will or won't do. That's E.g., right. he'll wait it out. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. He's here. He'll turn up. He'll turn up. Like, whatever you tell him to do, he'll be there. <laughs> that's right. I mean, fuck, he will go trick-or-treating with you. <laughs> that's right. He'll walk out. He'll walk around all night. There won't be a single complaint. <laughs> and you know he's not a chance. <laughs> you know, if he turns up at Kelly's place, he's not getting let in the door. Yeah, there's no chance that she possibly... He, he, he got caught in her spider's... <laughs> There's no chance he got caught in the spider's web that is Kelly's sexual energy because <laughs> he's already been rebuffed by her. <laughs> That's right. I feel like Wade's the, Wade's the hero of the piece. He should have been, you know, he, he should have looked in that direction. Well, he was... Wade's the better cash. <laughs> <laughs> His clothing for starters was better. Yeah. Secondly, he had cash. He puts cash, cold hard cash on that table. Yeah. There's a lot of ones in it, <laughs> I yeah, noticed. Yeah, yeah. But still... I mean, he's got cash. Clearly, he's got cash to spend frivolously, too. I mean, he's backed himself in there when he was a long shot. So he's... <laughs> yeah, he was like 100 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> he was 100 to 1 there. But he he would have been better on. off betting against getting a date. That's right. But, yeah, Wade, Jesus, get put Brady to the side and get mm. Wade on board. Yeah. All right. The, the vigilante group. I didn't have a problem with the vigilante. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with the vigilante group in yeah, theory. It's silly, but the te- you, you don't you don't need Ted Hollister. The death of Ted Hollister. Well, because it doesn't. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Unless you want to laugh yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. But I feel you don't need the Ted Hollister thing because you've already proven that these guys are looking for Michael Myers and their hair trigger. They've already sort of fronted the sheriff and pretty much said, you didn't do your job last time. And then Loomis kind of riles them up as a lynch mob because they don't have a police force. Yeah. It, that, all that works. I so, think they should have done All they needed to do was what you said, take a leaf out of the Simpsons book and say, <laughs> yeah, we're taking care of this ourselves. We're a responsible group of adults. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, me again. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That. Uh, they're a neighbourhood watch. <laughs> yeah. I think that would have worked a treat. Just get rid of Ted Hollister. You don't need Ted Hollister's death. Te- you don't need Ted Hollister's blood on your hands. There's <laughs> 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 no need to fucking strafe the entire area and kill Ted Hollister. Because <laughs> you thought you saw Michael Myers. Oh, and we already know that Michael Myers is not there. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't even work. The, the sequence does not even work as like a bait and switch. I need a short We film. might have seen Myers. They may have been actually, they may have got Myers. I need a short film in the vein of kind of the robot chicken skits where, you know, you'd get the day in the life of the stormtrooper and everything was going great before he fucking got shot in a critical scene of Star Wars. I need a short film of how, you know, what Ted Hollister was up to, Ted up to before that happened. Was Ted kind of, you know, was he having a good day? Was he on the way up? <laughs> yeah, I need to know what Ted Hollister's doing. Yeah. But it doesn't even work as a little bit of a, did they kill Myers or not? No. Because we already know Myers is not there. He's no. at the house. And it didn't it didn't work with the Ben Tramer sort of thing because 
He was dressed like Michael. We didn't even see Ted Hollister. He was dressed like Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had also bought a dive store, Michael. That's right. He bought one of the pink ones with the blonde hair. The so. Poor old Ted was ready for a night of Halloween <laughs> trick-or-treating and he got shot. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, which one was worse? Ben Tramer's death or, or Ted Hollister's? Oh, Tramer's. Because Ted Hollister's <laughs> going quick. Ben, ben Tramer's fucking bloody crinkled on the fucking on a car hood that then proceeds to blow up. He's in, he's in a bit of pain. He's not going quickly. I don't think that's instant impact. I think he's he's cooking for a little bit. Poor old Ben Travis hit by an out of control fucking NASCAR. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. Sheriff Earnhardt Jr. fucking comes into the fucking <laughs> Deputy Earnhardt fucking pile driving with his next car. <laughs> And as you both said, I think, in the part two, they just leave the guy there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. Oh, we've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, he's fucked. We don't even <laughs> worry about that. Yeah. yeah Nothing well, we can do. <laughs> that wasn't Myers. Good. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, process of elimination. <laughs> that's one down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Write this in your book. It wasn't Ben Trayman. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Why does Michael manage to find a, a very conveniently secreted butcher's knife in the attic? Yeah, strange. Like, it's it's like he hadn't come prepared. No. But, but here's one we just happened to have. Yeah. I mean, that was really... And, in fact, that was really lazy because I actually shot the insert of him pulling it out. Yeah, that's like, right. I would have been more happy that you and didn't even like show me and then he just appeared. Well, it was like knife. a little box of kitchen utensils. In the attic. I know, that's where Which I keep my extras. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many ways to do it. They could have had bloody... Well, just don't show me that. Well, don't show me. And then he turns me. up on the roof of the night. I'm not even asking <laughs> yeah, questions. not asking where he got it from. <laughs> but it's Halloween. People are carving pumpkins. No, it's everywhere. Laying around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. you, we're in that situation, but you still had me questioning where he got a knife from because that's the way you chose to do it. You yeah. waited until he got into the attic before he got one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, people are carving pumpkins left and right. I mean, there are, there are butcher's knives the size of your head laying all over the place. Exactly. All right. The last one for me was, well, how did they get that pink-coloured mask involved? <laughs> I am just baffled. That sequence is awful. <laughs> it is awful. He kind of just appears next to me. He looks like fucking... He looks like some sort of... Um, Scared clown or something because his mask is pink and his yeah. hair's all white and it's he's kind of all brushed back. Well, he's got yeah, it's an unusual pink colour. It's a bleached blonde hair. I th- for a moment, I thought it was fucking badass Billy Gunn popping <laughs> in to throw him out the window. <laughs> oh no, that's Michael with a strangely discoloured mask. Oh, it was just—it is shocking. And as I said, I don't believe what the director's telling us. That, oh, look, people were tired, we didn't, we must have just forgot, got the wrong one. No. You shot several shots of it. Well, they reckon they didn't open it, open them till they got on the set. So yeah, but that's to me, where you go, listen, let's know, do but, another set up somewhere else. But to me, it sounds like it reeks of, we don't have the money, to, we don't have the money and time oh, to this, do we'll this again. This will only take, just like, they'll only be really quick cuts so we won't see it. Yeah, we've got to get something with this mask. <laughs> I shouldn't because it was absolutely shocking. Well, fucking go and get a bit of fucking boot polish and rub it through the hair or something. You well, do something. 
You mean, don't shoot it with a blonde hair. Haven't you got effects crew on standby? Uh, that's what they're there for. Can't they just paint the mask quickly? Or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it was really shit because the mask <laughs> looks fucking awful. Yeah, it does. It looks terrible. <laughs> and the fact that you will actually leave it in the film mm. instead of going, look, we need to take an extra hour's work tomorrow and reshoot that. That said, again, I never picked it up on VHS. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the darkened tones and stuff probably hit it, yeah. hit it better. I only had one more, and it was to do with the score. Yeah. I felt like the theme was overused a little bit, the Halloween, the, you know, the, the classic theme. Yeah. And I know there was, you know, the original had other bits of music. Yeah, the that whole. That were solid. They were good bits of music. It wasn't just that one piece, right? I felt like there was portions where you could have used more of that or, or more impactful use of those other ones as well. Yeah. Because it just felt like every time we heard it, it, it was... It was that, yes. Yeah. They didn't particularly diversify very much. No. And no. it's a classic. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just kind of saying, that, you know, it was a, there was a lot. Yeah. I think that's fair. So nothing else from you? No. I think we've fucking shot Ted Holster as many times as we can shoot him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gunned that bloke down. <laughs> Big time. That's Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Try to rate and review us if you can on iTunes and Podomatic as it helps us to spread the word. Our next episode, keep an eye on the Facebook page for details and we'll let you know what we've got coming up. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.